This is episode number 19 of Kat's podcast. Welcome everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Kat, I'm your host, and this is the second Freedom Lifestyle series here. And I'm super happy and super excited to bring this out because this on Sundays really feels like the core of my podcast to me. Just over a year ago, that was how I started interviewing people who live in a rather unconventional way and driven by a quest for freedom, who really live their freedom, who live their passion, their truth, and who have made the conscious choice to do that. And that is, I find, really inspiring. And it's also connected with my own story with my life experience and that's why I'm burning for it so much and I guess that's why I'm so excited to be here today to announce my first guest of this second freedom lifestyle series so if you haven't checked out the first one you can go to episodes number one to nine that's where I tell my story and I have amazing guests on and you can also check out the let's say the trailer for this series it's episode number 18 so right before this episode my first guest on this second freedom lifestyle series is dr Catherine craig she's based in new jersey in the united states and we met through a mutual friend of ours shauna robinson and we clicked instantly Catherine is one of those humans that talk deep you instantly know that you're not in for superficial chit-chat, but going to the core of things. And that's what's reflected in this podcast conversation too. And I have to admit that I didn't have the capacity <laughs> to take everything fully in while we chatted. So re-listening, I feel my answers are not always appreciative enough on what she said. So I'll do that here by saying, this episode is peppered with greater truths that will make you think. Catherine is calm but very powerful and clear in her message. Listen closely or listen twice to take everything fully in. Her own story around freedom is closely connected to her personal healing story and overcoming cancer. In her current form, how she phrases it, she is a board-certified doctor of acupuncture specializing in chronic and acute pain management, holistic lifestyle and dietary counseling, as well as chronic disease management. She's here to show us how being empowered in our bodies and minds can look like and why we really have to get out of this passive attitude following so-called authorities. In this episode, we talk about her story and the pivot points in her life towards more freedom, health challenges that paved part of her path and that led her to where she is now, what shape freedom currently takes for her, how lockdown felt and how it affected her perception of freedom, how lockdown affected her business and who the first ones were that came back in when she opened her practice back up, her core belief in regards to finances, her definition of freedom, the power of intuition, her approach to healing and giving the power back to her patients, and why she even advises to get opinions of other doctors too, 
We talk about health freedom, why it's so important to establish a new connection to our body. We touch on corrupted food supply and corrupted medicine. She gives tips what you can do to eat more empowered. We talk about looking at the body in an energetic way and empowering our nervous system. Why we're all capable of change. Compassion and conversation culture. How we perceive what's currently going on and how this is connected to different levels of consciousness. A journey through the chakras to freedom. Radical clarity around what we tolerate in life and whatnot. Losing the fear of death what we can learn from seahorses and Catherine's personal advice on what you can do to create a more empowered and freer life and world. It's a grounding yet uplifting conversation. So tune in, it will touch your heart and open your mind if you allow. And it's a motivation for those of you who've been longing to express what they feel to be true. Enjoy. How's your morning been so far? It's been good. It's been good. Just relaxing, um, you know, doing some yoga, stretching, getting some mm. sunshine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I mean, you're living so close to the sea. So I guess having a walk by the sea is always a good option. <laughs> I know. I've, I try to get out in the morning. Sometimes I don't. I start, you know, getting my morning ready where it's like, I really should be getting up and taking the time. But there are some mornings that I get up and get out there and meditate with the sunrise, but not as often as I would like, I would say. Oh, that sounds so beautiful. And it sounds so grounding for these times, these times of change we're in. And so my next question will be, how are you feeling today? How are you today? And with all what's happening at the moment, it it can be quite a deep question. So how are you? How are you feeling? Yeah. I would say I'm I'm generally feeling good. It's I would say it's not always an easy ride, but I feel more in my authentic self than I have for a while. So the past few years, you know, just in terms of my own process and journey with, you know, my business and my health, I felt um, kind of like I'm sludging through things sometimes. You know that it's been very much like an uphill grind and you know, with the shutdown here, it was a very definitive closure and it felt like there was nothing that I could do about it. So that was very challenging for me. But in the same sense, as I've started to see other people shifting and being interested in life and what's going on and um, kind of waking up to what's been happening in the world around us, it's been giving me a lot of hope and optimism about you know, really planting seeds to make the world a better and different place because out of all this chaos that we're currently in, that's really our opportunity, you know, as healers or light workers or intellectuals or people seeking out more freedom and consciousness in their life, that's really our opportunity to start planting these seeds that can start growing out of this kind of chaotic muck that we're in. So I see it as a really important opportunity to move forward both for ourselves and for, you know, our society moving forward. Mm-hmm. I get that. It's, it's very much my belief as well. And 
I loved how you basically put in a nutshell, just saying all that, because that's what we're going to talk about today. So we're, it's part of the Freedom Lifestyle series. And I know that you have this special connection to freedom and creating freedom in your life. And that's why I invited you on my show. And so we're going to talk about freedom and living a freedom lifestyle, as I phrase it. But we're also going to be talking about creating a new reality and how freedom or our notions of freedom are connected to that, to that new reality. And in your case, expanding into a greater consciousness. So talking about um, consciousness on, a, on an individual, but also on a collective level. And you also just mentioned that you had shifts and um, health challenges in your own life. So maybe let's start there because that's a good point for all the listeners to, mm -hmm. to get to know you better. Um, tell us a little bit about you, about your life and what made you live a freedom lifestyle? Where do you come from? Where are you now? And so on. Yeah, so, um, so right now, currently, in my current form, I'm a doctor of acupuncture and I live in uh, coastal New Jersey and the Jersey Shore. So I have a little practice where I go to work and I love what I do, treating my patients. And then I have uh, my beach life. So it's very important for me personally to be connected to nature and connected to the water and being able to see all the animals and the wonderful ecosystem that, that I live in, um, even though I'm kind of out in suburbia here. So in terms of my own journey, I can just talk about it in terms of kind of how it's felt for me throughout my life is the easiest way for me to communicate that. And it's like, even from when I was a little kid, I was somewhat different from everybody. You know, I wasn't kind of a typical um, little girl. And so just kind of navigating that space was challenging in itself. But then probably when I was 17, was really important. It was the same time period. I was a senior in high school. It was September 11th happened that year. And I also had, um, I got diagnosed with mono and I was pretty sick for a number of months. And I felt like I never really kind of quite recovered from that. So for me, it's like my health has often reflected the energetics of the greater world. And that's just been my own personal experience, you know, whether it's, you know, co-created or, you know, just the world I live in, you know, I'm still unpacking that stuff for myself. But that's kind of where the challenges with my health deepened to a point where I couldn't ignore them anymore. And I became very conscientious about my health and how I really was feeling like my body was betraying me in a lot of ways. And then when I was 21 years old, I was in a car accident, you know, with some friends from college. And that really shook my nervous system to the point of um, destruction. So after the car accident, I dealt with chronic pain for a number of years. And at that point, that's when, you know, I, I was seeing doctor after doctor after doctor. And they're like, well, you have a lot of what looks like autoimmune disease, and we're not quite sure what it is. And they'd run tests and put me on painkillers and steroids and tell me to go to therapy because I was depressed. <laughs> you know, all of these crazy things. And, and it really, again, it planted so much doubt in myself and doubt in my body. And 
I felt very disempowered at the time because I felt so out of control and that I had no, I had no answers. There were no treatments. I was getting sicker and sicker and there was really nothing that anybody could do to help me except tell me that I was crazy and to go to, (laughs) to a therapist. And, you know, finally I got to the point where I, I felt empowered enough to say, you know, I might be crazy, but not for these reasons. Like I do understand what's happening in my body. Just nobody has an answer for what's going on. And so that's when I started to go to acupuncture because I said, well, you know, I've tried everything else. I might as well try this. And, you know, I had to pay out of pocket and, you know, it was, you know, a significant amount of money for me at the time. But it's, it's funny with that first treatment, I felt something shift, you know, and that I, I started to feel some empowerment with my body that, you know, this might be a long road ahead, but I know my body can heal itself and that there's an innate healing mechanism within me that can help me do this once I get all of the garbage out of the way. And so as I started learning and deepened my experience with acupuncture and getting more in touch with my body, a switch flipped one day. So this, this whole story I'm telling you happened over a number of years and, you know, 21 from when I was the car accident, I actually got what I consider my dream job at that time. So I started working for a major cosmetics company doing fragrance development, which was something I had always wanted to do. So I felt very blessed that, um, you know, being at such a young age and kind of being handpicked and selected to kind of be an up and comer in this organization. um, Again, I felt very privileged and, you know, had my dream job, lived in New York, had beautiful clothes, a great apartment, um, you know, and to, to decide to walk away from all of that based on, you know, my experience with my health was a very difficult decision, but I know it was the right decision because as my body kind of grew out of control and my career started to get better, you know, and, and more entrenched in that world, I woke up one morning, it was like a switch had flipped. And, um, at that time, like I had, um, they had thought part of the autoimmune disease I had was Hashimoto. So I had a fairly large thyroid nodule, they called it. Um, But it was about a two inch mass on my thyroid. And so I woke up one morning and I said, something's changed, something's flipped. So eventually I went to the doctor, was diagnosed with thyroid cancer, ended up having surgery. And that's when I gave my notice about two weeks after my surgery at my job. And I applied for acupuncture school and started a number of months later. So that's really, for me, it's so important to listen to these kind of celestial signals that we get in order to walk our path in life. And it's not always the path that we want, you know, it's not always the one that's going to check the boxes that make ourselves happy or our family happy. But I have to say by listening to those signals, I have more freedom, more contentment, more joy than I ever would have had on another path that I could have taken. Wow, that's a pretty intense story, I'd say. And it's so fascinating and shocking at the same time that you literally felt felt that something, as you said, like like a switch flipped in your body and then you were diagnosed with cancer. It's like Yeah, to me it it seems that you have pretty good intuition for what's going on or 
maybe you always had relating to for sure um, to your body, but to your to your whole life probably. Right. And that's that's where I always encourage, especially my patients. Most of the time people come to me when they're desperate. So people tend not to walk into an acupuncturist's office. Um, some people <laughs> curiosity, you know, and I think it's becoming more normal, but most people come to my office when they've tried everything else and they've been disempowered by the conventional medical community. And not to say that there's not very good physicians out there. I don't ever want to say that, but our system's broken. And I think everyone can agree with that, that doctors don't have as much freedom as they need to treat and to have that sacred relationship with their patients. They're beholden by the politics of whatever hospital they work in, they're beholden by the politics of the insurance company of, you know, our government and political system here. And I still feel like I have a lot of freedom in how I practice because we are a bit of a marginalized profession. It gives me some freedom to kind of move with somebody. And so when someone comes into my office, they're often desperate. And I always ask them, I say, what do you think's wrong? You know, and 95% of the time, the person knows exactly what's wrong with them but nobody's ever listened to them and nobody's ever helped them unpack what's wrong with them and give them a roadmap to how they can get better. Because again, the body innately wants to heal itself and the body wants to always keep you safe. And that's what I had to learn the hard way is that my body never betrayed me. My body did everything it could despite what got thrown at me, um, you know, through mm -hmm. our, corrupted food supply through corrupted medicine through you know our wrecked environment you know my body did everything it could to keep me safe and that's always my message to my patients is that your body wants you to be strong and healthy your body wants to heal we just need to get these disruptors out of the way and bring in these gifts that god gave us through the earth you know through healthy eating and through food and through mantras and through empowering our nervous system and empowering ourselves, you know, and really taking that back, you know, and maybe things aren't ever going to be perfect, but to get someone in a good place where they can feel empowered to help themselves and to help other people. Because none of this, you know, and I even take issue with some people in my profession who kind of want to keep, you know, a tight lid on our medicine, you know, that it's this kind of secret special medicine. It's like, this is the energy system of our bodies. And the more you can teach, you know, everyday people about, you know, where your channels and meridians are, where your chakra centers are, how your, your organ systems communicate with each other in an energetic way, the healthier we're all going to be. You know, there's no reason to keep this special information just for a select group of people. It's something that should be shared because it's an innate knowledge and an innate wisdom that's been gifted to us. And it's not mine to keep, it's mine to educate and share with people. Um, and I feel passionate and strongly about that. So again, I thank you for having me on here so I can continue to talk with people about it. Yeah, it's such a pleasure. <laughs> and I love all of what you're saying. Um, it's, yeah, it's interesting that we always have this, well, not all, but in general, in our Western societies, there's this tendency to keep the information, to hold on to it, or to make it something like, oh, that's something that I know. And if you want it, you really have to do um, something for me. And mm -hmm. it's, 
it's it's really interesting looking at it from this um, medicinal perspective and and I think now thinking about it, that's how the whole our whole health system is is built or what it's built upon because it's something like you don't grow up with. So if there's an issue in your body or in your mind, you go to an expert and you go to a doctor right. or a physician and hope that they can fix it. But um, this is the piece of self-education and empowerment missing. And it's it's no one's fault. Well, not, not our fault, but it's because the system is structured that way. And hopefully we can um, break some of these myths or crusts apart with this podcast. <laughs> and I think that's important that you bring up because again, we go to someone who's a figure of authority and we think that they have the answer. And it's like, I even tell my patients, I said, get a second opinion, get a third opinion. I certainly don't know everything, you know, and the more people that can help you with your knowledge and education, you know, again, in the, in the interest of empowering yourself, you know, sometimes I don't think it's useful for people Sometimes it is, you know, so it's not my place to judge what's going to be helpful or useful for somebody. But sometimes I'll see people, they've spent so much money on functional medicine and therapy and, you know, unpacking every little minutia of what happened in their childhood. And it's like, if that's helpful and empowering, do it. If it's not, like, let's just close the door and how are you going to move forward to live in a happy, healthy, whole way? Um because life's tough sometimes, you know, especially with all these crazy inputs with, you know, <laughs> we're talking about the matrix the other day, depending on whatever matrix you're plugged in on any day of the week, yeah. you know, it can, be, it can be very challenging, you know, whether you're in the political matrix or your health matrix or the neurotic matrix or nature's matrix, you know, it's, it's um, you know, it's a way to start thinking about consciousness and the different levels um, which we can aspire to go to, so... Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, so many things, actually, I, I want to touch on. I could I could move on towards the food front now because um, I'm really passionate about passionate about that one as well, and I know you are. And maybe this not not make it too long, but is there one piece of empowerment that people listeners can can take by? trusting more what they eat, looking at what they eat? Yeah, I think, first of all, to always trust your intuition is number one. And to, to start understanding when your nervous system gets triggered by an outside stimuli is also important. And that's where, you know, mindfulness and meditation practice comes in so that you can start to recognize those triggers in a very significant way, it's, especially you're asking me about food, you know, a lot of us eat for emotional reasons or for comfort reasons or for um, scarcity reasons that we feel we don't have enough, that we aren't enough, that we aren't empowered in the ways that we should be. And we often reach for false senses of nourishment based on the messaging or programming that comes at us through our televisions or through the media, through magazines telling us that our bodies aren't good enough or thin enough or strong enough or wise enough or whatever reason, you know, that gets ingrained into our psyche and our nervous system. So number one is starting to recognize those triggers. 
and how we can move past those. Cause it's not a false, excuse me. It's not a true reflection of who we are as divine children of God. So taking that outside input and putting it to the side and then starting to recognize what foods nourish us in a deep way. So there's, you know, we could go into the minutia of, you know, apples are good for the lungs and kidney beans are good for the kidneys and, you know, how different energetics of food affect the body. But I would say just in terms of like a, a capsule advice is when you're eating foods and when you're eating whole foods, those foods that specifically are grown from the earth. So your fruits, your vegetables, your herbs, your sea vegetables, your root vegetables, all of those wonderful gifts and start really looking at them as, you know, gifts from God that we were given to help nourish and heal ourselves, you know, and understanding that food is a support and a nourishment, not something that we punish ourselves or felt flagellate ourselves with and, and get into this neuroses about, you know, oh, I was good or I was bad. That needs to, that whole discussion needs to leave the building, you know, because no food is good or bad. There are certain foods that were given to us by the earth, the divine God, however you want to think about it. And then there's certain foods that are produced in what we consider wrecked foods. So these foods have been either over-processed or genetically modified or sprayed with pesticides, um, processed in a way that's not in synchronicity or not in kind of sacred vibration with our bodies. So just starting that process of discerning and differentiating, you know, what food is supportive and nourishing and what foods might not be supporting and nourishing me on my path in this lifetime, I think is the kind of the first step that people can start taking. Amazing. Thank you for that. And just um, just to clarify a bit, so you're an ac acupuncturist, but you also do help your patients with food, heal themselves with food, right? Right. So, so in the scope of my practice here in the States, um, I practice acupuncture. So I'm a doctor of acupuncture. And so that means I work on lots of different disorders from, I tend to specialize in autoimmune and immune disorders just because I've had a lot of personal experience with that. So people come to me with thyroid issues, fertility issues, autoimmune disease. And then I see a lot of people for pain, pain management, um, issues with the spine, the nervous system. Um, and then I work with people because it's such an integral part. So in the scope of my practice is lifestyle and dietary counseling, which can encompass a whole range of things. So I generally work with people with diet, um, some Western herbal medicine, and then uh, essential oils as well. So that those tend to be the tools in my toolbox. And if you ask any other acupuncturist, we all have kind of a different a different way of working, but that's, that's how I tend to work. Hmm. And it's beautiful to see um, various elements in there. So it's not just one thing, but to me, shows pretty clearly that you see the human being as a as a being with many many aspects and in many ways and that's i think that's so lovely expressed through through your work and not just saying i'm doing only this but you're bringing in different components i think for me you know 
I, and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, I have colleagues who specialize in just sports medicine and they're excellent at that, you know, and I admire people who just do that. But I feel like what I was really called to do was what, you know, I experienced myself, you know, and really starting to help people, not only with their physical bodies, but people come in, you know, and they tell me their stories and their life stories and how they want to feel more connected and more fulfilled in, you know, their emotional and spiritual health too. And so just giving, you know, whether I'm qualified or not, you know, again, I always try to give the power back to the the person because it's really our intuitive self, you know, our self with the big S or divine self that's going to guide that. And just giving the space to somebody or the permission to somebody to be able to do that for themselves, I think is the most important part of the work that I am lucky enough to be doing. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you're, you're truly working and speaking from life experience. And when I listen to your story and what you're doing now, um, so is, was this also all part of what you did for yourself to overcome cancer and to get your health back? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'll tell my patients because I think some of them think that like, I wake up at five every day and meditate on the beach and do yoga and have my green juice. And, you know, like some day, some days I'll say I hit it on the mark, but I can't say it's an everyday thing for me. Like I wake up just like other people sometimes, like I overslept and I'm rushing out the door and like, I'm lucky if I got my lunch in my bag. So That's it's so definitely, <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's definitely not a perfect process, but I always try to come back to the fact. And, you know, I'd say from the time, you know, I'm 37 years old right now. So, you know, for the past 16 years, I would say I've actively been working on myself in that way, whether it was conscious or not conscious. Whenever somebody tells me, oh, you know, I'm too old to change, you know, I've, I've said this before, I live on the beach and every day I go out there and it's like, it changes drastically from day to day. So to think as humans that we're not capable of change, you know, I, I would challenge anyone to say you're changing whether you want to or not. You just have to decide whether you want to be conscious about it or not. And if you don't, that's okay too. That's very valid. But if you want to start consciously being involved in your change process, that's where things can get really exciting. And that's for me when things got really exciting, when I started to listen to my intuition and I started to listen to God and I started to say, you know, this person right here might be well-intentioned. They might be an authority figure. They might be, you know, steeped in ignorance. I don't know. But what I do know is how I feel in my body and how I feel empowered and how I feel most conscious and alive. And that's what I'm going to listen to. And everything else can take a back seat. And I think when someone can get to that point, it's a really beautiful thing to watch and see in their healing process. Oh, yes, because then you're already in an, in an empowered seat, I'd say. Mm-hmm. You're, you're in the driver's seat, so to speak. Well, I'm using this word. You might like it or not, but <laughs> yeah, you're not just on the passenger seat of your life anymore. Right, so. because it, what, what troubles me right now, especially, is seeing people live in fear and seeing the amount of, at least in the States, that the media especially has been fear-mongering. And I keep going back to, you know, the actual data and the actual statistics and the actual clinical studies. And yeah, there's some very 
difficult things happening in the world right now, but why aren't we talking about the positive things that are happening? Why aren't we talking about treatments that are working and declining death rates? And, you know, and it seems to me that, you know, politicians keep doubling down and people really need to start feeling empowered and rise up and understand the correct data and understand where holes in data might be and really start to use their intelligence and their discernment and their logic and their wisdom and all these beautiful gifts that God gave to us in order to feel empowered and safe and secure in themselves versus listening to an outside authority figure that most likely doesn't have their best interest at heart. Um, Because the only person who has your best interest at heart is maybe yourself if you've done that work. But a lot of people don't even have enough self-confidence or self-esteem to have that trust in themselves yet. So really starting to let people get comfortable in terms, again, of trusting their own wisdom and trusting their own intuition. Hmm. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what form does, what form or shape does freedom uh, take for you at the moment? At the moment for me, um, I would say it's, again, leaning. For me, it's been taking my process and my healing process to the next level. So continuing to do all the things that I've done for myself in terms of meditation and lifestyle and taking it a step further and feeling confident in my own intuition, because I doubt myself just as much as anybody else, you know but taking the signs, you know, and seeing the signs around me. And I've been watching the animals a lot lately. So sometimes I'll have a question and I watch, um, you know, the birds or the insects and what they're telling me and what signs they're giving and how synchronous it can be to what I'm thinking and feeling. And when I'm doubting myself to know that there's a sign right ahead telling me not to doubt myself. So starting to look at those kind of magical opportunities in the world really as gifts of my own process and my own intuition to again, feel empowered in myself so that I can continue to help other people on that pathway. It's, it's a beautiful tip for, for anyone listening to, to know or to look for a sign. So when you're doubting to look for a sign, Mm-hmm. And know that there's something coming up that mm-hmm. gives you the strength to not doubt and to move on until you see that sign. That's that's beautiful. And I think it can be really helpful in these times where there's so much change and uncertainty in the air and where we might where we might want to do things, but then we maybe we think twice and say, ah, maybe that's not a good idea. Maybe I don't do that. Right. Right. Because we're all going to make mistakes along the way. You know, we all have different attachments and we all have different ignorances and to know that we can make mistakes and still have compassion for ourselves and have compassion for others is what, in my opinion, needs to happen. You know, instead of shaming people and blaming people and you know this kind of idea of cancel culture what happened to us being able to have an intellectual discerning 
conversation without being hateful and um, and ignorant with each other. So so really starting to build in back into our culture the idea that people can disagree and it doesn't mean that they're a hateful bad person because that's really been the the this theme running at least here in America is that if you don't if you don't abide by the rules you're a bad person and you shame if you don't wear your mask you're a bad person if you wear your mask you're a bad person you know so it's like there's there's very much something at odds and it's like real freedom is to have sovereignty of self you know and to not have somebody come in and tell you what is best for you because you know and I know we've talked about this a little bit we could all be in different layers of consciousness or on different astral planes or on different planets as we speak, you know, because we don't know, you know, and you don't know what someone else's experience is and you don't know what somebody, somebody else's bodily experiences and to come in and tell somebody that, you know, what's best for them, I feel is the epitome of ignorance based on my experiences. So I would just like to see, that would be my wish for freedom in the world, is that we could all lean into our intuition a little bit more, our discernment a little bit more, our wisdom a little bit more, and really be able to talk to each other about this and hash things out and unpack things and start to understand where each other is coming from and really become solution-oriented to these problems Versus, again, giving our power up to an authority that doesn't have our best interests at heart. And that, I mean, that's a fact. I don't think, you know, people could debate that. Nobody knows what's best for you better than yourself or your loved ones. I think so, too. And it gets into the idea of consciousness. And when we're talking about the chakra system, the root chakra is about, you know, our tribal consciousness. And then as we move up, you know, we get into this duality of the collective and then, you know, further up we get into like the resources in the heart and then the throat. And then again, into the divine self where we're connecting with God and our intuition through the third eye and our, and our source chakra. So it's really about this interplay that eventually we have to integrate all of these inputs, both from the tribal and the collective and our resources and our hearts and our minds and our discernment you know, into one with God, into this one consciousness. And that's a, it's a, it's a dirty journey sometimes, you know, and that if we can start acknowledging how uncomfortable and messy and chaotic that journey can be into this oneness, you know, which is something I've not experienced in this lifetime, at least. Um, that's an important, important part of all of this, in my opinion. Hmm. So, especially during lockdown or in self-isolation. How did all of this play into your perception of freedom? How did it change? And also the, the consciousness, the greater consciousness uh, working on that. So how does all that come together for you? Again, I can speak to like what I felt, you know, in my body and my experience. And to me, it felt like when it first was happening, it felt like there was this kind of like ang anxious buildup 
And um, again, I had been following it for a number of months, you know, in terms of the news coming out of China and what was happening over there. And it felt like to me, this kind of very tenuous anxiety that had been mounting, mounting, mounting. And then when it came here in the States, it felt very much like this kind of, again, from this mounting anxiety into this chaotic anxiety of people around me. And so I ended up closing my office for about seven weeks, which I feel like was the right decision at the time. But for me, it kind of put me in a dark place because I'm always somebody who's been able to make things work and hustle and work number of jobs and, and, and always use my creativity to kind of come out on top in the best way for me. And so kind of in that dark moment, you know, I personally was really struggling because I didn't understand what was happening. And then as I started to kind of meditate and walk and again, looking at the signs around me, I started to understand that there were powers at play in terms of what I'll call transpersonal evil. Um, and it really felt to me that there, there are these forces of light and dark at odds at the moment. And I think that's still continuing to play out. Um, and again, I'm, some days I'm very optimistic and hopeful. And some days I'm like, oh my, <laughs> oh my God, this is terrible. Um, but to continue to, to understand what my boundaries around myself are and what I'm willing to accept in this lifetime and not accept and to understand that, you know, I've walked in my own health. There were many moments when I struggled with my health that I was like, okay, this is it. Like, I don't know. I'm just going to kind of disintegrate away on my sofa because I feel like I'm dying on the inside. So once I've accepted, you know, what death can feel like for me, everything can become less scary because for me, I can become very clear in this lifetime, what I'm willing to accept and what I'm not willing to accept. And my belief system in terms of past lives and, and reincarnation acknowledges the fact that even if, if this life ends, my journey doesn't end, you know, and that's my personal belief system. So to know that even if everything goes to hell in a handbasket on the planet earth, as we know it now, I will still have opportunity to continue my work moving forward. And that's my belief system. And that doesn't jive with everyone's belief system, but that's the world that I live in the world that I am in. And so once I realized that it, for me, it felt like it gave me the freedom to be able to speak more freely, despite the consequences of what may happen um, and I'm starting to do that with my patients. I'm starting to do that more in the community. Um, and more people are gaining that courage as well. And I think that's a really important thing for people to do is not to feel like we can't express what we are thinking, what we are feeling, the inconsistencies that we're seeing in terms of the stories that we're being told and feeling confident in our intuition and knowing that that's an okay place for us to be despite what other people might be telling us. Hmm. The last one that's, I mean, everything, but especially the last one, that's a really important message I find. So I, I love that you were pointing that out. And I also 
just quickly want to touch on on boundaries what you just were just saying boundaries and the question of what am i willing to accept mm -hmm. because i find at first glance when you have when when you talk about freedom boundaries seem like the contrary they seem like the opposite mm -hmm. but then sometimes i've i've talked about that in other conversations with my guests is once you set them up it actually expands your freedom and yeah i think yeah yeah for me if what we talked about a little bit with the vertical access when we've spoken before is that if I'm really clear on what my personal boundaries are, what my body is willing to accept, what my body is not willing to accept. And my, my personal body has been through a very long differentiation process with what it accepts and what it doesn't accept. So I'm very clear with myself on, on that. And as I've gotten more clear on that in terms of, you know, what kind of energy I have in my space, what kind of foods I'm taking in, what kind of media I'm interacting with, it's only given me more freedom in terms of moving up, you know, kind of, again, the chakra system in my consciousness, because for me, it feels like it's, it's freed up those old tribal beliefs and those old collective beliefs that no longer serve. It's freed up my heart in order to express myself more in my throat. Same thing. It's freed up my discernment in terms of knowledge and wisdom and cultivating that in order to clear any ignorance that is in my nervous system. And it's freed up, my ability to connect with source, to connect with God, to connect with the divine in order to see the bigger picture and to know that I'm loved and taken care of and in presence, no matter what happens, no matter what the outcome is, no matter what the subjugation might be. And to know that I'm being cared for in that way is integral to my process You know, and I'd encourage anybody out there who's kind of struggling with that themselves to explore that a little bit further. Hmm. What would be a good place to start if there's someone listening now and they're interested in what you're saying, but they have no clue about the chakras or maybe they've heard about them? And where would you start? Yeah, I would say, oh, there's so many... <laughs> There's so many good resources. I would I would first start with what resonates with you, you know, in terms of what you're reading. And if there's an author that resonates with you, kind of go further into that. Like some of my favorite authors, I love um, Carolyn Miss. She's written a number, an endless number of books about this, you know, the sacred body and the energy systems and, you know, sacred contracts with the divine. Then I love um, the Kundalini Tantra by... Um, Swami Satchidananda is really, really wonderful. Um, any religious texts I find are very helpful and useful, but also remembering for myself, like when I read the Bible, you know, that the Bible was written by humans, you know, and so when you read the first chapter of Genesis, it's like you have to understand original sin, you know, and that with original sin, you know, these are humans that wrote, edited the Bibles and to understand what's in the Bible and what's been left out of the Bible and start exploring, exploring <laughs> those aspects as well. Because I, I find it's important. It's not only what we read and see, but it's also important, you know, if we read and see what's in the box in front of us, everything beyond that is what we are not reading and seeing and integrating. So starting to understand where the holes 
are for me is even more important than what's in the text itself. So to, to again, not take texts or authors or different writers as authorities, you know, but to integrate the knowledge and always have more questions than answers when you come out of it. That for me is part of the process to really question and be curious and take a, take the, the spirit of curiosity and exploration along the path with you. Mm, I love that. And that's a really cool perspective to, to look at things that we take in, mm-hmm. be it reading or watching or listening to podcasts, everything. That's a, I find that's a super, super great tip for more empowerment in everyone's lives. And you can apply it to basically anything that you are ingesting on an informative information level. Right. Yeah. So I have a few more questions and I'm just figuring out where we head next. (laughs) You were touching on how um, the situation, the lockdown affected your business Mm -hmm. before and how you were in the beginning, like a little overwhelmed, you closed your practice and Mm -hmm. This I know from from my other episodes is also a very um, very interesting aspect for people listening because talking freedom lifestyle there's a lot of us we're self employed we have our own businesses so how do you sustain yourself how do you make money is under normal circumstances already a, a fiery question right. but now it's um, there's so much more challenging things out there. So how do you work with that? How do you go along at the moment? Yeah, I've, I found for myself, um, again, I found it very challenging to kind of be, again, disempowered in that moment. And so really doing the work around that. And, you know, the message that kept coming to me was that you know, you'll always have enough. Like, I don't think I'll ever be a rich woman, but I'll, I know I'll always have enough, you know, I'll always have enough to have a roof over my head and food, you know, in my pantry. And to me, you know, that's good. That's again, that's good enough for me. And so to kind of reach in to what you're talking about, I've found, again, when I opened back up, it was interesting to see who was coming in the door first you know, because it wasn't always who I expected, you know, a lot of the patients who were the first back were the ones who deal with depression and anxiety. Um, So that was really important to note how people, how this kind of lockdown took a toll on people's mental health in significant ways and starting to get people back up from that. And then seeing an influx of new patients. So kind of some of my old regular patients that have been very loyal to me for a long time, you know, and again, totally, totally fine. because everyone's at the point where they're at, you know, are really kind of continuing with the self quarantine with their family and, and doing that. And that's a great place for somebody to be if that's where they're at, you know, but seeing the people, the new patients who are, who are coming in, I've thought is really interesting too. And, and, and kind of who's showing up and why they're showing up. And again, really just knowing that, you know, everything's going to be okay. And, and just showing up to do the work that I, I love doing and that I'm meant to be doing and continuing on that path. So it's, again, it shook things up, but it, 
it's also, again, deepened my commitment to the work in a lot of ways. And I hope to expand my work in other ways, you know, whether it be through writing or speaking more, teaching more, um, you know, and growing my confidence in that way too. So that was something I, I did during, um, you know, I developed a couple of classes that I taught for people via Zoom, you know, for those who couldn't come back to the office that still wanted to continue their kind of journey forward. So that was that was a, a good experience. And, you know, I hope to continue with, you know, teaching and writing and, and speaking a little bit more too. So, um, so it's all been good. It's all been a growth experience when we can look at it that way. Hmm. That's nice. Thank you for sharing that. And I loved your core belief. I'll always have enough. It's interesting. It's one of my core beliefs as well. I never had this I mean, of course, there are days when I like freak out a little bit, but yeah, we all do. I say, I always believe that I will be well. Mm -hmm. And I had that thought or that core belief when I quit my permanent job ten years ago, and yeah, it's, it's all it's been always there with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you need some help along the way. You know, it's not like I've you know, magically done all this by myself, you know, I've had support from family and friends and, you know, wonderful partners and, you know, but just again, like you said, just having a core belief that, you know, I'll be okay and I have enough and I'll be healthy and, and understanding that that's integral to, to our journey here. I think that's beautiful. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love we're talking about that. <laughs> I hope it's an inspiration for people out there who are maybe self-exploring at the moment or self-reflecting and re-evaluating what's going on in their lives and how they're living their lives. And hopefully they can take crumbs of inspiration out of this episode and out of the whole um, Freedom Lifestyle edition. That's really my hope. Yeah, I love it. The other day when we were talking and I found it such a amazing image you gave, you said you were walking at the beach and you saw those little seahorses. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah talking so change. And maybe that can also be an inspiration or a motivation to flow with the change. Yes. Yeah, this was interesting. And talking about signs, you know, and the birds and the animals and watching all that that was something that was important, you know, and again, kind of noting these milestones as we go along. So when the lockdown first happened, you know, when I was walking on the beach, I saw this old horseshoe crab, you know, like very much, um, you know, these prehistoric creatures that have been around for, you know, I think millennia at this point. And to me, it was, you know, the message that even though the world's changing, there are certain truths that are forever going to be with us you know, and acknowledging that and understanding that even though it feels very dark right now, there are these um, prehistoric cosmic energies that will support us as we move forward. And then on another walk, you know, again, as things got increasingly chaotic, I found this little tiny seahorse. And if you know the seahorse, they're androgynous creatures and the males will carry the babies often. And so the, um, they have this little tail you know, and they're these delicate, tiny kind of skeletal looking creatures. And they have this little tail, though, that when they're in rough currents, they can just hold on to a piece of seaweed and piece of coral. 
And as the, the rough currents sway, it's this little tail that just holds the seahorse fast and safe. And so I've kept that image and I've kept the, the little seahorse that I found, you know, it's on my altar just to remind ourselves that even during rough waters and rough currents, you know, that we have this ability to kind of hold fast and hold steady and hold safe. And it's challenging and it's a bit of a wild ride, but to continue to hold in that space, knowing that we're going to be supported moving forwards, even if the outcome again is not ideal or is messy, but to continue to do the work, to continue to hold fast and safe and steady in chaotic waters, to continue to speak out with these tribal and primal energies that enliven us and give us this strength of self to move forward and to not doubt, you know, our divine self and the empowerment of ourselves. And that that's what, um, you know, that's what God is really asking of us is to return to our divine nature, you know, and get all of this other garbage, you know, all this other karma out of the way again, can take many lifetimes, I think, but to continue on that path and to continue <laughs> to do that work. Tell us that it can take many lifetimes. <laughs> I mean, maybe, it, I mean, I'm sure for some people it happens instantly, you know, enlightened. It, that's not my path, you know. Again, I, you know, who knows? It's like, do I want more lifetimes? Do I not want more lifetimes? I'm not sure right now. I'm kind of ambivalent about it, but um, I'll take what, I'll take whatever's in store for me. So... I love that seahorse image and and all um, that you said around it and so clearly that little seahorse inspired you Mm -hmm. who else inspired you lately oh um, I've become a big fan of um, Dr. Judy Mikovits I don't know if anyone's read her book um, Plague of Corruption it's an amazing book. She's written about uh, corruption in the scientific community, specifically in regards to vaccine research and production. And she is just, she's my hero of the day, I would say, she, just in terms of, and she's still, people are still trying to discredit her. And I would challenge anybody, um, you know, to read her book and dig into her research because it's astounding and beautiful. And I give her a lot of credit for walking the path that she's walked under difficult, dire circumstances and coming out the other side. So give uh, Dr. Judy a big round of applause for, for being there for a lot of us. So. Great. I'll, I'll look up her book and put a link to it in the show notes. So it's just a, Mm a click for all of you listening. Amazing. Is there anything else that we haven't touched on yet? Freedom, freedom and consciousness, creating this new reality. And maybe also what can each and every one of us do today to get one step closer to to a better world? (laughs) Yeah, I think I think the importance of acknowledging that while we work on our own consciousness, we have to be in relationship to other people and really co-create the world we want to live in. And in in order to co-create the world, again, we have to deal with our own triggers, our own um, issues in our nervous system and really start to build a backbone that if people come at you with shame or fear or guilt, you know, how are you going to process that? How are you going to 
um, integrate that or burn it up or however you choose to deal with it so that it doesn't disempower you and it doesn't wreak havoc on your health and nervous system and that you can heal moving forward, that we can, you know, in relationship, co-create a beautiful world where people have freedom and abundance and prosperity because it is possible as long as we get these kind of evil influences out of our life um, that have vested interests in keeping a population disempowered and subjugated. So we need to, for one, work towards ending that energy system of, again, subjugation and disempowerment, getting those interest groups that do not have our best interests at heart And so that means for people, again, being very involved in what terms, types of media we're consuming and producing, what kind of political structures we are um, integrating with, what kind of destruction is happening at the moment, what kind of chaos is ensuing, and making sure that we're planting the seeds of creation that we would like to see moving forward. Because with all of the chaos and destruction that's happening at the moment, it can be a very good thing. But if we're not mindful about creating the world and co-creating the world that we want to live in, it will all be for naught. Because, again, interests that don't have our best interests at heart will come in as they have throughout history and subjugate and disempower people, which is exactly what we what we don't need to happen. So... So I guess my message to people would be, you know, eat healthy, get involved with, you know, whether it's your local political organizations, get involved with consciousness groups, start teaching people about mindfulness. Even if you're not an expert, teach, you know, if you know a little more than someone else, teach them, you know, and don't feel shy about it. Don't feel ignorant about it. Um, Start to use all of the wisdom and tools and discernment that you have in order to help other people through their path. Um, And don't force it, you know, if someone's at where they're at, that's an okay place to be. But as an invitation comes forward to allow that person to grow with you and to invite them kind of along the journey with you as well. So that would be my advice to people today. I love that. (laughs) I love that. The beautiful words, actually, I don't have to say anything else because what you just said is it's perfect to close this off today, to close this conversation and just giving this positive push to to people to really seize this time right now, to seize the opportunities that are there and use the wind of change as tailwind to to move forward and to really change things for the better. Yeah, I hope so. Like I said, I'm very optimistic some days and I just hope that, um, I hope even if it's a slow crawl that I hope that we can keep moving in that direction. So I uh, thank you again for having me on. This was really, really fun. So thank you so much for sharing everything, sharing your personal story, sharing the details that can be really intimate and for inspiring others and for supporting this mission of living more freely and more empowered. Thank you so much, Catherine. Thank you, Kat. Again, I appreciate your time and thanks for having me and we'll connect soon, I'm sure. So, yeah. Thank you so much. 
I really hope you get some bits of inspiration out of this one and that it motivates you to really stand more in your truth and express what you really feel and believe to be true. If you'd like to get in touch with Catherine, you can find her website and her Instagram in the show notes. So just scroll down or hop over to the episode page. And if you like this episode, you do me a huge favor and support this podcast by sharing it with someone who might like this. Share it on your social media. If you're on Instagram, take a screenshot while you're listening and tag Catherine and me and also share it with friends just via WhatsApp or email. You can also sign up to my newsletter and be in the loop for the next Freedom Lifestyle editions that are coming up. All right, I hope you are all safe and well and I'm sending you much love and light. <music>